Hey there, you're listening to The Simple Home, a podcast for the modern mom looking for a slower pace, a life with less stuff, less to do, and more time for what really matters. Living simply is more than just getting rid of clutter. It's about letting go of expectations to create a life of intention. Motherhood is the ultimate Groundhog Day experience, where much of every day is spent on the logistical stuff necessary to keep everyone alive so you can wake up and do it again the next day. You don't need just one more thing. You need easier ways to manage the constant cleaning and feeding, the overwhelming clutter, the never-ending to-do list. I wish I could hire you a personal chef, a nanny, a housekeeper, and a personal finance guru, but I can't. What I can do is support you in your journey of letting go of all expectations and taking life at a slower pace. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast today. Well, hey there. I am so excited to have you at a new episode of the Simple Home Podcast. This is episode number 25. I can't even believe that we're already to episode number 25. This has been so much fun. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening each week and for telling your friends and just going on this journey with me. When I first started podcasting, I really didn't know where it would take me to, um, but this community is absolutely unbelievable. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And if this is your first time listening, I hope you love it. Go back and, and listen to some of the other episodes that we've already done and If you love it, the best way to get this podcast out there is just to tell one friend that you know that might benefit from it too. So thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for joining for another episode. I'm really excited about this episode because this came about um, from having an email sent to me and then getting, I did a Facebook post and just getting some more feedback on the topic of toy clutter. And I know that a lot of us as moms or dads or parents in general struggle with keeping the toys at bay. And I've actually done another podcast episode about this topic, about just decluttering toys, but I wanted to dive deep into what that really looks like in your home. So today we're going to be talking about all things toy and kid stuff and how to really simplify that in your home. So hopefully that's really helpful for you. Before I get started, I just wanted to let you know about something really exciting that's happening in just under two weeks. So if you're listening to this episode in real time, in about two weeks on November 5th, I'm going to be doing a live two-hour online workshop to teach how to use your camera. So it's called Learn How to Use Your Fancy Pants Camera. It's live. It's going to be jam-packed with hands-on lessons on how to figure out your DSLR and really start taking creative control of your camera so that you can get images of your kids that you absolutely love. So I wanted to do this before the Christmas season rolled around because that's often what moms tell me. They just want to get good pictures for the new year and of their kids at Christmas. So we're going to do this on November 5th. It's going to be at 6 p.m., which would be Pacific Standard Time or 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, And there's lots more information about it. So if you have a camera and you're interested in joining us for this live workshop, again, it's two hours long. I'm going to do Q&A. So if you can come, I would love to have you go to 
athomewithkids.com forward slash live workshop and you can find all the details there and get yourself enrolled. It's happening November 5th, 2019, so make sure you head over there quickly if you want to grab your seat. Okay, so let's move on to the topic today of toy and kid stuff. How to simplify all the stuff that comes with kids in your home so that you are not drowning and overwhelmed with all of that stuff that comes in and out. So before you start really decluttering the stuff that comes in and out of your home, including toys and clothes um, and all of those things, you really have to make some observations. So if we're talking about toys, what I want you to do is spend some time observing your kids and how they play. Now, oftentimes, as you're watching what they really play with, you're going to notice that they don't actually play with a lot of the toys that you have. They might not even play with toys that often. You're going to see them playing with other things like cardboard boxes and art supplies and different things they find around the house. They might be playing make-believe a lot. They might even be using some of your stuff, like your your broom or other things to play with. A lot of times kids aren't picking up the toys that we have and playing with them. So look around your home and see if there are things that your kids really aren't playing with. Take some time to observe them and see what they're interested in and what gets played with. And I guarantee you that there's toys in your house that never get touched. (laughs) Speaking from experience, um, in our old home, we had a walkout basement and we had a room down there where we kept the kids' toys and we had kind of accumulated more than I would like to admit as far as toys go. So one day I just observed them. Some friends came over, I was chatting with their mom and observed how the kids were playing and there were tons of toys that we owned that didn't get picked up by a single kid. So that was a big clue to me that we didn't need as many things that we had. It was kind of my first aha moment. Like why do we keep these things in our home that the kids aren't really playing with anyway? So take some time to observe your kids. If you're feeling like you want to declutter the toys in your home, That's the very first step. Figure out what's really being played with and what your kids are interested in. And then on top of that, you need to take some time to decide what your belief around toys is. What I mean by that is all of us have kind of a innate belief about what we want for our kids as far as play goes. Now, I believe that play is super, super important for kids as they develop and grow. I know from my educational background how important play is with communication and early language development and learning to work together and collaborate and innovate and all sorts of different things. Your kids gain a lot from playing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to have every toy that's out there um, in order to develop. So take some time to think about what your beliefs are. I know for me, believing that play is really important, I want toys or items that my kids can use to create with, that they can use independently, and that they can use together. So when I'm thinking about toys for our home, I'm looking for toys that they can independently play with, as well as use with their siblings or friends when they come over so that they learn to collaborate together. So I'm looking for that. And then on top of that, I'm really looking at toys that help them create and make my kids do the work. 
I don't want to bring a bunch of toys into my home that entertain my kids. I want my kids to have to figure out how to use them to entertain themselves. So those are some of my beliefs around toys. Yours may be completely different, and that's totally okay. There's no right or wrong. It really comes down to what your family values and beliefs are, and then as you watch your kids, what's best for them. So be thinking about that a little bit. What do you believe about toys? Another thing that I really, really want to do when I'm collecting toys in our home is I want to make sure that these toys last them through different stages of their childhood. So I work really, really hard on not allowing toys into our home that are going to be thrown away in the next two to three weeks. And we all know those kinds of toys. You know, as your kids walk through the Target toy aisle, they may see something and they're like, oh, I have to have this, Mom. I love this. And it's maybe a Disney character or something they're really into right now. And you know in your heart that in three weeks from now, they're going to be interested in something else. And that toy is most likely going to end up in the landfill. Those are the kinds of toys that I really try to steer clear of in our home. One, because I don't want to buy things that are going to be thrown away right away. I'd much rather collect toys that when they outgrow them, I can give them to somebody else and know that they're going to last a long time. And two, I want to show them the value of buying things that are going to have a longer impact on their lives. So for instance, a toy that we've had since my first child was a baby. In fact, he got it for his first Christmas, which means he was four days old because he's pretty much a Christmas baby, um, was a set of blocks. We got them from a really good friend of ours, and we literally have had those throughout all three of my kids' childhood right now. Our youngest is now four, and all three of them still play with these blocks. And when they were babies, they played with them differently than they do now, obviously, but it's a toy that has longevity through different stages of their life. So as you're looking at toys for your house, maybe that's something that you believe in as well. And you can kind of ask yourself those questions as you go through the toys that you already have and as new toys come in. Um, Once you have these beliefs kind of set up as you talk with your spouse or whoever else about what you truly believe about toys, it's easier then to help other people buy gifts for your kids as well. You know, when a grandparent asks you or a really good friend asks you, what can I get your child for Christmas? You can have better ideas of what would be valuable for them if you know ahead of time what your belief systems are. Rather than just getting a bunch of random gifts um, that come into your home and you know you're not really going to want to keep, you can give them some insight into, you know, I'd love for you to buy them a toy that's going to last them a little while, maybe a musical instrument, maybe some blocks or Legos or something they can build with or maybe some independent playing activities like art supplies or puzzles. So come up with your belief system around toys and that way when we talk about the decluttering piece, you're going to know which toys you want to keep and which toys it's okay to let go of. Now on top of figuring out what our belief systems are, let's talk a little bit about how we have this mindset that more is better kind of in everything in our life. When it comes to toys, oftentimes as we're getting things, let's say like a Lego collection, 
and then we buy another set and we add it to our collection and then we find a big set of Legos at a garage sale and we add that to our collection. Now I'm speaking from experience here so don't think I'm just preaching at you because this is exactly what I have done as my kids have grown. I've I've thought well if this many Legos is good for their creativity then more must be better and what I've come to really find out through research and watching my kids develop is that less is better when it comes to toys. And to be honest, I think less is better when it comes to almost everything else. But for the sake of this episode, since we're talking about toys, less is so much better when it comes to toys. Let me explain that just a little bit. Now, we know that our brains, when we have clutter around us in our physical space, it creates anxiety in us, it creates more stress, it keeps us from really being able to focus on one thing, just having all the stuff around us. So for kids, when they go into a playroom and there is to- are toys everywhere around them, it's the same kind of feeling for them. They're drawn to all kinds of different things at once, their attention is being taken by lots of different little things. If they have two giant tubs full of Legos, it's much harder for them to come up with something to build than if they just had one small little tub of Legos right in front of them, it would be much easier for them to decide, well, what can I make out of these Legos? So think about your your toy space, whether it's a room or just a shelf or whatever it might be. Having less for your children to decide on is better for their development than having everything that they could possibly choose from. You'll notice if you watch your kids play if you do have a lot of toys or maybe if you go to the library where there's a bunch of different toys around or a children's daycare center, you'll notice that kids stick with things for maybe one or two minutes, then they run to something else and play with it for one or two minutes and they run to something else. Whereas if there's only a few things for them to play with, it's much easier for kids to decide what toy they want to play with and actually use that toy to its its fullest potential and get more creative with the toy and just get more out of it. More learning comes from spending more time with one thing than jumping from thing to thing. So as we're talking about decluttering our toys and you start to feel bad about getting rid of a lot of things, just remind yourself that having less is actually better than having more. So besides just having an impact on our minds, the clutter that we have around us, and for our kids having too many toys affecting our anxiety and stress levels and that sort of thing, research also shows that it also creates a lack of creativity in kids, having too much. And that goes back to what I was talking about with going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. There's just a lack of creativity there. The other thing that research shows is that Kids who have a lot of toys or a lot of stuff around them spend less time outside and also less time exercising and doing big active things, which we know is not so good for our health. Research also shows that kids with a lot of toys argue more. So if you watch your kids play, if you have more than one child, or if you've watched your kids play with other kids, and you feel like you're always arguing or bickering. I hear that from moms a lot with siblings. Their siblings are always arguing. First off, part of that is natural, and it's just an area for you to teach them to grow in and help them through those things. But the other part to it is it might just be that there's too much going on. There's too many choices around them, too many toys around them. So kids who have more stuff, research shows that they might argue more. So that's something to consider. 
It also shows that they have less focus and that their attention span is much shorter than kids who don't have as many toys. So those are a couple things to be thinking about and the reason why I feel like this topic is so important for you and for your family. All right, so once you've kind of set up your beliefs and you've talked yourself into actually decluttering your kids' toys because yes, it is a process, it's really time to start decluttering and going through toys and that sort of thing. Now, I wanna give you a warning up front. I don't think this is where you should start in your decluttering journey. Now, this is an area that we are drawn to really, really quickly to want to just get rid of stuff because we see it everywhere. We see the toys. It's hard for our kids to pick them up. It's an area of frustration a lot of time. But if you haven't yet spent time getting rid of some of your things, then it is not fair to jump in and just start getting rid of your kids' things. So I suggest that you start with your own things, show your children how that works and how it makes you feel better having less things before you dive right into getting rid of their toys and their things and helping them through the process. I will also say that depending on the age of your kid, you may want to have them very, very involved in this process. Um, Some parents will just wait till their kids are in bed and get rid of a bunch of toys um, and that seems to work okay for them. But in my opinion, it's much better if we walk through this process with our children They won't feel like you are doing this to them, but rather that you're doing it with them and helping them understand the importance of what we own and what we have in our space. So my suggestion is you do this with your kid, unless of course, you know, you have like a one-year-old that doesn't really understand the process. But even so, even with young children, they can be involved in helping you get rid of some of the toys that are in your house. It's also a great learning opportunity for your kids to donate toys that they no longer need to kids that don't have toys or maybe to another family or something like that. So even the youngest kids can say, oh, I don't need this teddy bear anymore. Let's go give it to my friend from school or let's give it to a child that needs it. Um, So bring your kids into into the mix. It'll not only make them feel like you appreciate them and that they're part of the process, but it'll also teach them valuable lessons along the way. Now with that, as you declutter, I think it's important to get your kids input, but you get to make the final decision and that is totally okay. You don't have to feel guilty about that. You've done some work on the kinds of toys that you want in your space and as long as you communicate those clearly to your kids and explain why you're doing this and you've already demonstrated it with your own things, then it is okay if your child says, but I really want to keep this Minnie Mouse toy that I've never ever played with because next week I'll probably want to play with it, mom. It's okay for you to say, you know what, that doesn't really meet the standards of the toys we want to have in our house. So I think this is a toy that we should donate and here's why. So as long as you're explaining, I'm a big fan of just over explaining everything to our kids and helping them learn along the way, then it's okay to make the final decision. Now, you might also want to say, well, why don't we keep the Minnie Mouse toy for one more week? And then she's going to go in this pile of toys we're going to donate because she doesn't really fit in with the toys that we've decided as a family we're going to keep. So it's up to you. I used Minnie Mouse just as an example. If you love Minnie Mouse toys and you want those in your house, that's totally fine. It was just an example of a way to work through that with your child. You take their input, but you are allowed to have the final decision to make sure 
that the toys that are in your home are valuable for your kids. All right, so let's get into the actual steps of going through the decluttering process of the toys in your house. So the very first thing you need to do is decide on some boundaries around your toys. So the first boundary is the amount of space that you want to allow for toys and then the amount of toys that are going to fit into that space. So set up a boundary, whether it's a room or a shelf or a closet or um, whatever it might be. Let me tell you just a little a little story. So about a year ago, we sold our home as part of our journey to become debt-free, and we moved into a little tiny one-bedroom mother-in-law quarters in my in-law's home um, until we figured out what home we wanted to buy or build from there. And so moving from our home into this smaller space, I knew that my boundary around toys was going to have to look much different. We had more space in our other home. I knew that in this home with our just one little living room kitchen area combined, I didn't want toys to be the main focus in that room. I wanted it to be a living room. So I purchased a dresser with three drawers. We have three children and I let them choose the toys they were going to put in each drawer and that would be their toy space um, for the time that we lived in this space. So it really depends on where you live and what your comfort level is and, and what you want your rooms to be about. Some people love having a toy room and that's totally fine if the focus is all around play and toys and that's your boundary, that's fine. Maybe you live in a small apartment and you don't want the main focus in any room to be toys. You may wanna pick up a dresser or a shelf or a chest or something like that. So think about your boundaries for the amount of toys and the amount of space you're gonna to dedicate to toys. And then also a boundary of what types of toys you're going to have. So we already talked about that just a little bit. Really set up some boundaries about the kinds of toys you're gonna to allow into your space. Are they gonna be made out of all wood? Are they going to have batteries or not have batteries? Are they all going to be toys that your kids can build with? Or, you know, there's so many different things that you can think about when you're thinking about the toys that come into your house, but set up some boundaries so that it's easier to say no to certain items. From there, you're going to actually start getting rid of toys. So if they don't fit into the space that you're allowing, or if they aren't the types of toys that you want to have in your house, it's time to give them a new home. So help your kids through this process. Pull out every toy you have in your house. Bring them all into your living room or your toy room or wherever it might be. Put them all out and really think through that. What's really gonna fit in this space that we have and which kinds of toys are we gonna keep? If they don't make the list, then they can be moved on. So start with really easy things with your kids, things that are broken, things that you notice they never play with, things that you can easily give away. Maybe they have a friend who loves cars and they don't really play with their cars anymore. This is a good way to say, hey, you know, so-and-so loves cars. Remember we went to his house and he loved playing with them. Maybe he'd love to have this box of cars. Can we give that to him? So some of those things will help your kids actually say goodbye to those toys. 
Another way you could do this is if a birthday's coming up or Christmas is coming up, you can say things like, we need to make some room because I know that pretty soon you're gonna have some new toys coming in and we need to have space for those toys. So which toys here can we get rid of? So really start saying goodbye to some of those toys, either rehome them or throw them away if they're trash. Um, the unfortunate thing about most toys is they can't be recycled, especially most of the plastic toys out there um, have parts that are just not able to be recycled. So you can, you know, you may have to throw some things away and then think about that as you're bringing things back into your house, trying to find items that are going to be longer lasting in the future. But this is the time to actually get rid of the toys based on how many toys you said you were going to keep and what types of toys you wanted in your house. Now, once you've done that, you're gonna have to set up some organization and some systems around the organization. So that's the second part of this process. Once you've said goodbye to the toys, the toys that are remaining need to have a home. If they don't have a home, you may have to go back to the first step and get rid of a few more things. And this is a process. It might take you a few weeks or months to figure out you know, how many toys actually fit and to get a system in place. But the second step is to organize your toys that you have and create a system. So you're gonna give every single item a home. This looks different in every home, but here's some suggestions. If you have, let's say you have dinosaurs and you have blocks and you have maybe some play kitchen stuff, you can create a drawer or a bucket for each of those items. Clearly label it. If your kids are young, I like to use pictures and words. Um, if your kids are older, you could just use words. It doesn't really matter just as long as they know when I'm done playing, every dinosaur has to go back in this bucket. You can also do something like um, if each of your kids have their own little toy space, all of their toys go back into that drawer or that shelf or whatever it might be. If you've got books left, make sure that there's room on the bookshelf and kids aren't having to cram their books in to put them away because if, there's, if it's hard to put them away, they're not gonna do it. So make this as easy as possible. If you create a dinosaur bucket and the dinosaur bucket is overflowing, so the bucket no longer fits on the shelf, you need to weed out some of those dinosaurs because if your kids can't put the, put the bucket back in easily, they're not gonna put it back in and it's gonna be frustrating for you. So create systems that are super easy for your kids to stick to. Otherwise, it's not gonna happen. Now, you're gonna wanna spend some time actually teaching your kids where everything goes and how you want it put away. Now, the teacher in me, when I was teaching, I was a first grade teacher. So the teacher in me wants to tell you to practice this over and over and over because systems don't stick unless kids practice them. And by practice, I don't mean that when your kids go to play with it and then they don't put it back, you go in and start you know, telling them they didn't do it right and this is how you want it done. I want this to be a successful thing for you and for your children. So what I mean by practices, don't practice when you're already frustrated that it didn't get done. Practice before it becomes a problem. So get all the toys out, put the, show them how you're gonna put them back in and put them away. Then let them do it. Tell them, get all the dinosaurs out. Then have them put them back where they go. 
and put them away. So actually practice it when everybody's in a good mood, make it pretty fun. If you only practice it when it's not happening right, everybody will be frustrated and the lesson will not be learned. So stick to it for a little while. It might just take a couple days. It might take weeks. It just depends on the age of your kids and how easy your systems are. Now I want you to choose also one or two times a day where you're going to do a reset of your house. And I talk about this a lot in prior episodes when I talked about morning routines, night routines, and daily resets. And then I also have another episode about routines for moms. A daily reset is just 10 or 15 minutes where everybody in the house goes and puts things away. So that might be you putting dishes away, quickly picking up things that were left on the floor and putting them back, finding a few books and putting them on the bookshelf, your kids picking up the toy area and putting the toys away. So choose one or two times a day when you're going to have your kids do a reset of the toy room. And that way that gives you lots of opportunities to coach, not to go in and nag them and say, oh, you didn't do this right, but to coach them. And when the reset is over, just do a quick glance at the toy area and say, oh no, look, there's cars in with the dinosaurs. Remember, we want to keep those separate and then help them to do that. So create the systems and do your daily resets so that they feel confident and it becomes habit to put the things back where they go. Now, I want you to remember that through this whole process of getting rid of the toys, deciding what toys are best for your family, um, organizing and creating a system, use this as a teaching point for your kids because you're doing this just with their toys, but this is a life skill that will serve them so well for the rest of their life as they manage a home, manage a business, work for somebody else, whatever it may be. All of these things are very important for kids. The other area that's often overlooked, and I think the reason that most parents don't declutter the toys is because they're afraid of boredom. So when you first get rid of a bunch of your kids' toys, they're going to come to you and say, I'm bored. What should I do? I don't know what to do. I don't have any toys, mom. Um, And this is scary, (laughs) and it keeps us from getting rid of things that are taking up the space in our home. But it's so, so valuable for you and for your kids. So boredom is one of those things that ultimately creates very creative and innovative kids. It creates kids that know how to think about things, how to solve problems, and how to play by themselves, which is so important. So work through the boredom, stick with it. It won't last forever. Remind them that they have toys. They just don't have all the toys they used to have, but they do have them. Remind them that there's other things to do besides just play with toys and just give them time to feel the boredom and to work through it on their own. It's going to serve you and it's going to serve them as well. Another very valuable lesson that comes with getting rid of toys and helping your kids work through decluttering on their own is you can use this as a teaching point about money. So saying no to items that come into your home, if you're at the store and they ask for a certain toy, saying no is okay. In fact, saying no to most of the things they ask for is okay. And it's okay to explain to them that you like to use your money and your resources 
for other things than just toys that entertain us. The reason you guys get to go on vacation maybe is because you say no to a lot of the material things that you could buy. Or the reason that you have extra money for whatever it may be might be because you say no to the toys that they ask for. And that's okay to tell them. The other thing about money is teaching them that we need to really think about the things we use our money for because saying yes to one thing means saying no to something else. So if they're at the store and whether it's their own money or your money and they're looking at toys to buy, you can you can ask them those questions. Is this a toy that's going to last you 3, 6, 9 months or is this a toy you're going to be you're going to wish you didn't buy just a week from now? You can ask them if you buy this What other toy are you not going to get to buy? Or what are you saying no to with your money down the road? So really working through that with them is a super valuable lesson that comes with the decluttering of our toys and then trying to maintain that. So when you're at the store, reminding them that, you know what, we just got rid of a bunch of toys so that we could have the space to create and to do what we wanted with. And if we bring this toy back in, what's that going to do to our space? And what are we saying no to with our money if we buy this toy? So remember to bring that into the conversation and to really be genuine about it, answer their questions, and try to teach them along the way. Also, with that, you're teaching them to buy things that are quality items that are going to last rather than things that are going to break and that you'll only like for a short time or things that they want just because someone else has it. So this is another really big point I want to make and something that I try to remind my kids of often. Two of my kids are in school all day now and they often come home and tell me about something that their friend has or a toy they just learned about and they want to go to the store and buy it. And this is a great opportunity to remind them that we don't need to buy things just because other people have them. We purchase things because they bring value to our life not as a way to show other people what we have. And so teaching our kids that they really need to process the things that they want to have in their life, not just things that they've seen other kids have and they think they need to have too. And I think as adults, we do this too. We go out and we buy the brand new iPhone because everybody else is, so we think we need to have the newest one. Or we go upgrade our car so that we look better in the you know, the pickup line at school, or we go out and we get the new fall fashion line just so that we fit in with our peers. And that may not be something we actually value and want to spend our money on, but we feel like we need to, to keep up with everyone else. So talking through that with your kids is a great way to help them realize what they're spending money on and what kinds of things they really want to have in their life that bring them value. So as you're decluttering, and trying to maintain that, those are great conversations to be having with your children. When you go to get rid of some of their toys, you can ask them those questions. Well, why do you have these toys right here? Do you, I don't see you play with them. Do you keep them because your friends have them and you feel like you should have them too? I mean, we can have these conversations even with young kids and it can only serve them well in the long run. Now, (laughs) Something that you're going to run into that we all run into and I think we need to talk about when we're talking about decluttering our toys is mom guilt or dad guilt or parent guilt or whatever you want to call it because it can be really hard to say no 
to things our kids want. And the more you start decluttering their toys and trying to keep the space clear, the more you're going to realize you're saying no to an awful lot of things. But if we don't, that stuff is going to creep right back in. We're going to start at ground zero and we're going to have all kinds of things to declutter again. So we think our kids will hold on to the pain of like not getting the toy that they really, really want at the store, but probably they're going to forget about it before you even leave the store. And if they're still mentioning that toy weeks later, then maybe it is something you want to purchase, but it's okay to say no. It's okay to teach our kids that we don't buy something every time we're at the store. We don't buy something just because we want it and we don't need to have everything. And the other really valuable lesson is that material things don't bring us long-term happiness. They might get excited about a toy that they buy for like the day (laughs) that they buy it and then that's it. And then the next day they're back to regular and pointing some of those things out is really helpful in teaching them why we say no to things. So you're going to feel guilty about this and that's okay. (laughs) It's totally normal as moms to feel guilty when we don't give our kids everything they want. But think about it on the flip side. If we do give our kids everything they want, are we really setting them up for any kind of success later on? I don't think so. I think we are much better serving them if we say no to things that don't match our values and beliefs as a family, and we teach them that material things don't bring happiness. I think it's important to talk about the mom guilt side because when you start decluttering your kids' toys and they start telling you that you're getting rid of their very, very favorite toy even though they haven't seen it for months, um, you're going to start to feel that. And when you go to the grocery or to the store and you start saying no to things, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel the guilt that's okay. It's okay to say no, and it's okay to remember the purpose behind decluttering, why you're doing it, and what you want your home to look and feel like. And remind yourself how beneficial it is to your kids to have less but more quality items. Okay, some last minute thoughts, because I think I kind of rambled in this episode, Um, but hopefully you got a ton of value out of it. I think it's important to think about all these mindset things around decluttering, Because when we do start getting rid of things, a lot more things happen in our minds than we're going to think about. So we went through a lot in this episode and I just want to kind of recap a little bit and give you some last minute thoughts. The first one is once you start decluttering your toys or anything else for that matter, you've got to be mindful about what you're buying and intentional about why you're buying it. So once you get rid of the things, maintaining it is all about your mindset shift in purchasing. So be intentional about the things you bring back into your house. The next thing is if you really want to maintain um, less clutter in your toy area, but you still want to be able to give your kids gifts or um, get birthday presents for them and that sort of thing, think about buying things that are consumable like art supplies or experiences. Maybe you buy a zoo pass or you take them somewhere. Those kinds of things are going to keep the clutter out and still bring a lot of joy to your kids. And often it's more long-term joy because it can be stretched out. Experiences give your kids memories and teach them different things that are going to last much longer than a toy would. 
art supplies they're going to be able to use longer. And then those art supplies go away and you can get some more, but they're, they're consumable. And so they don't just take up space in your house. You can also ask others, your family members and friends to do this as well when they're thinking about birthday presents or Christmas presents for your children. Now, you're also going to want to periodically look through the toys and encourage your kids to join in on the process of going through their toys periodically. Kids grow fast. Their likes and dislikes change really quickly. And the more you can kind of go through their things and the kids see you doing this often, the easier it's going to be to curate that toy space for them in a way that's going to be very meaningful and valuable to their development. So keeping toys in them in there that they actually play with is really important. And then keeping the ones that just get in the way out of there will help them to see what they actually have. You'll notice as you continue to bring things into the house or things just come home with your kids, right? From, from grandparents' houses or friends' birthday parties or the dentist's office, more things are going to collect. And if you can just weed out the things that they don't actually use, and keep it really curated, you're going to notice that your kids are playing better and that they're more engaged. So do this often and do it with your children. Okay, so I think we made it to the end here and I do like to do things step by step and I feel like I threw kind of a lot at you in this episode, but I think it all goes really well together. So remember to set your boundaries right before you declutter. Know the amount of space you want to use and the kinds of toys that you want in there and know your beliefs around toys. Then start getting rid of things. You know, start with the easy stuff. Go through the toys with your kids. If they're having tons and tons of trouble getting rid of something, put it in a box, put it in the garage or somewhere else. And if they don't mention it for the next few weeks, you know it's okay to probably get rid of. If they want it back right away, put it back in the toy area and see if it gets played with. Okay, there's no set like hard and fast rules for this. The process is just to get your toys to an area where it's meaningful for your kids and it's not overwhelming for you or for them. Okay, so declutter and then set up those systems and the organizational piece because if you don't do that, the toy room's gonna feel or the toy space is gonna feel overwhelming right away. Okay, and remember there's no right or wrong amount of space that you're allowing for toys. It's totally up to you. The kinds of toys and the amount of toys you have is up to you. Just make sure it feels good to you and that it captures the feelings that you want in your home and allows your kids to thrive. All right, that's it for this week. Make sure you stay tuned for next week because I'm really excited about that episode as well. And it kind of builds on this. We're not just talking about toys next week, but we are talking about organization and decluttering and what the differences are and how we can do the two together to create systems in our home that are long lasting. So make sure you come and join for that episode next week. And also, if you're interested in learning how to use your DSLR camera, please go sign up for the live two-hour workshop that's happening November 5th, 2019. It's two hours jam-packed called Learn How to Use Your Fancy Pants Camera. I'm going to teach you everything you need to know to use your camera and take complete creative control of your manual settings so that you can get pictures that you love. So you can find that at athomewithkids.com forward slash live workshop and I'll link to it in the show notes as well which will be at at athomewithkids.com forward slash 
episode 25. So you can find the show notes there. Thank you so much for joining me. I can't wait to talk to you next week. You just listened to an episode of The Simple Home. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I feel truly honored to be a small part of your life. Please take a moment to give a rating and write a quick review on iTunes. That will help this podcast reach more people, and I appreciate the feedback. We meet here every week, so hit subscribe so you know when the newest episode goes live. And for more practical tips on simplifying motherhood, visit athomewithkids.com. I can't wait to talk to you next time.